Genesis chapter 4. The verse 1 to 4. So when scripture is saying that Adam knew Eve as his wife, it means Adam had intercourse with a wife Eve and she got pregnant and she gave birth to what? Abel and Cain and Abel. And she became pregnant and God Okay. And she said, I have gotten and gave a man with the help of the Lord. Alright. The rest. And she gave birth to his brother Abel. Okay. So first of all, he gave birth to Cain and Abel, meaning Cain is the eldest and Abel is the youngest. And he says that the profession of these two is that Abel is a keeper of sheep. In other words, Abel is a shepherd. Please take note of their profession. Peer pressure. Abel is a shepherd. And yet, Cain is the tiller of the ground. In other words, Cain is a farmer. Or on a point, hold on. The verse 3. And in the course of the time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. So he brought an offering. Scripture never said that an offering was rotten offering, the scripture was uh, destroyed or whatever. It Cain brought offering to the Lord. Okay. The verse 4. And Abel brought of the first work of his This is the difference. Cain brought offerings to the Lord. However, Abel brought the firstborns. The firstborns of his offsprings of the sheep or the cattle that he raised. But Cain brought the produce of the farm. If you have followed the Terminate Beyond the Natural the first day, if you followed carefully, I spoke about this particular thing. There's one major reason why. Um, Abel's offer was accepted and Cain's offer was not accepted. And yet, I will explain two major things here. Two major things. And for the benefit of those who could not really follow online, the first major one is the fact that scripture says that Abel is the shepherd and yet Cain is a farmer. Okay. Now, Cain gave proceeds of that which he does. And what he does is to be a farmer from the ground. From the ground. Scripture says when Adam and Eve sinned against God, the Lord did not only curse Adam and Eve, the Lord cursed Adam and he said, You shall sweat before you shall eat, you shall till the ground before you shall eat. And he told uh, the woman Eve that you will take a longer period to give birth and you will have pain in labor. Then he moved towards the earth because the earth also bear witness of that which they were doing and the earth did not stop them because the earth has power to stop man in every agenda man is going into. So the earth was supposed to stop Adam and Eve to do that but did not do so. So the Lord also cursed the ground from which the fruit proceeds out of. And the Lord cursed the ground. So then now, after the Lord has cursed the ground, Cain still decided to be a tiller of the ground, a farmer. And he brought offering from the ground that is being cursed. And yet, Abel did not bring offering from a place that is cursed. It doesn't end there. What Abel did was a typology of what Jesus or God himself did. Alright. God is our good shepherd. He is our ultimate shepherd. And he gave us the son, Jesus. The book of Revelation says Jesus is the lamb. 
Jesus is the lamb in the book of Revelation. And when Abel was given to God, he gave God lambs, the firstborn. So what Abel was doing was to sacrifice Jesus, a typology of what God himself did. And so scripture says what Abel did was more excellent to God than what Cain did. Because what Abel was doing there was doing something that God always does. Jesus being the only begotten, the firstborn son of God. And Abel also gave the firstborn of whatever he was into. Are we here? So that he became more excellent, more acceptable, more pleasing to God because of that one thing. Now, the second reason why God accepted Abel's offering and rejected Cain's offering was because of what is written in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, the verse 4. And scripture said, by faith, Abel gave an excellent offering to God, the king, and it was accounted to him as a righteous man. By faith. So the next reason why the Lord accepted Cain's uh, accepted Abel's offering and yet rejected Cain's offering was because of faith. Was because of faith. In other words, Cain gave, and yet when he gave, he did not give in faith. He just gave because he needed to give. It was about the time that he needed to give. So he was supposed to give. When you read Genesis 4, uh, the verse said it was about the time. And then they all brought offering to God. So like, there is a time where we, we give offering in church. There is a time where we call for seed sowing. We don't always call for seed sowing. Neither we always. This is a time for preaching. But there is a time for offering. So when the time of offering came, they all brought offerings. Yet one's own was more acceptable than the other. One's own was seen to be more excellent than the other because of faith and the source. So what it means is that the church can equally accept the offerings, but to God, it displeases Him. So we can have the real ladies hold the, uh, the offering bowl, and then they can go around and accept your offering. But even though the church has accepted the offering, God does not accept it. Reason being that the source of where the money is coming from, number one. And number two, because your offering did not come in faith. So, Cain did not give God an offering in faith. So the Lord did not accept his offering. Why? Because it is impossible to please the Lord without faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please the Lord. So to even be able to please the Lord in your offerings, you must have faith. And because Cain did not have faith in giving his offering, though he gave, it was rejected. So perhaps one way or the other, there, there are days where your offerings were rejected, and yet we, the church, has accepted it. There are days where God rejects our offering, not necessarily because of where it's coming from, but because we do not have faith. Or it is offering time, that's all you. So, as you are coming, you know the amount of money you are going to project for offering today. But have you prayed about it? No. So, you will give the offering today and nothing will happen. Not because you do not give, but because you don't give the offering in faith. It's a ritual. It became a ritual. It's about the time to give. So we will always be giving in church and receive. No, I know I'm talking about peer pressure, but please follow, follow the premise of the message. And that's why sometimes some people receive a miracle through giving and others do not receive, yet they all give the same amount. Then again, as much as the amount to give is important to God, 
the source of the money and your faith is much more important to God than the amount you give. I'm saying source. Another form again is that sometimes even the source of the money can be wrong. And because you gave in faith, God can reward you. He did it for Abel, and I will explain. The source of the money can be wrong. And yet God can accept the offering, even though it is from a wrong source, and still bless the person. What did God do? When it came to the issue of Abel, Scripture talks about the fact that Adam and Eve have sinned against God. I'm not trying to defend anyone, I'm not trying to declare anyone. I'm talking scripture, not feelings, not opinions. Scripture says, Adam and Eve have sinned against God. And everyone that comes from the offspring of Adam and Eve are what? Sinners. For we have sinned against the Lord, and we have fallen short of the glory of God. That when we received Christ Jesus, we became born again, and we, it was accounted to us as righteous men. So we receive righteousness as a sign of gift. We will receive Christ as our own personal savior. Adam and Abel, Cain and Abel hadn't received Christ as another personal savior, so they weren't born again to be righteous men. But when we read, when we read the scripture in the verse three of Genesis chapter four, scripture says that as Abel gave, or Hebrews eleven four, scripture says when when Abel gave, the Lord then accounted to him as what a righteous man. So by the giving of Abel, even though Abel was a sinful man by death, he was a sinner. We, we were all sinners by death until we received Christ and we became righteous men or became saints. Abel was a sinner by birth, and yet he was giving an offering to God. A sinner was giving an offering to God and God still accepted the offering of the sinner because of his faith. And after he gave the Lord, he made him now righteous. Your giving can make you righteous. Well, will you read it for the Sorry, time? It's not me, it's not me, not my opinion. Scripture. No, no feelings. No feelings. Scripture. Hebrews 11, 4. Yes, please. By faith, mm-hmm. Abel brought God a better. By faith. A better and more acceptable sacrifice than King. Than King. Mm-hmm. Because of which it was testified. Because of which, because of which, what is the premise there? Because of the offering. Because of which, the which they talk about offering. It was testified of him to be what? Righteous. To be what? Righteous. Because of the offering, a sinful man now became righteous. So do we only have to ask forgiveness of sin to be forgiven, or we can sometimes give to be forgiven? <laughs> he became righteous by giving. That is why God still blesses even the unrobbers who give tight. God still blesses the prostitutes who still give tight. And you will never understand why God does that, but it is because of principles. It is principle. This has nothing to do with a sinner, a believer, an unbeliever, a Christian, a saint. No, it's a principle that is being laid down. And when you give, automatically there must be an exchange. It's a principle. So that is the essence of God. Why do this thing happen? Why do you have to pray for people and this is happening? And then these things begin to work here. He begins to broaden my mindset on some of these things. Now, what's with this scripture, aside this revelation that we receive from this, my main point in terms of the peer pressure from this scripture is the fact that after Cain had seen that Abel's offering was accepted and his was not accepted, 
the best thing I could have done as king was to go to my younger brother and ask, what did you do different that I did not do? That made your offering acceptable. But the peer pressure, the pressure that my youngest, my younger brother has been accepted, or his offering is accepted much more than my own, he began to despise his younger brother. The pressure of the fact that we are all doing the same thing, yet your own is working and mine is not working. That kind of pressure. And you are supposed to ask, what are you doing different? So Ken was supposed to ask, brother, what are you doing different? What did you do? Why is just accepted? So next time when the opportunity is presented for them to give, his own can equally be accepted now. But rather, he despised his brother and he got envious of his brother and he sought to kill him and he killed him too. When you are you find yourself in an arena of peer pressure in a negative sense, the person whom you are supposed to see as a helper becomes a competition to you and eventually you may even kill them. Either by words or even by actions. There are many of you who have killed people and you have known you've killed them. You've killed them by your words. You've killed them even sometimes by your actions. Yes. When someone comes to you and talks to you about their plans, their visions, and because perhaps you tell us what they do or you tell us what they will become, uh, you might even be telling them, oh, so it's not possible, this one, leave this one, it's not possible. Don't think about that one. In that you have killed them. And yet you don't know, you think it is about holding life and to stab someone, or holding a gun to kill someone before you know that you've killed. No, you can kill someone with your own words. Learn to speak positively to people. Even when you think another way is not possible, let them see some level of possibility in it. When we begin to find ourselves in a state of pressure or peer pressure, <laughs> the people who are supposed to help us or show us the way, we begin to despise them rather. They say, well, follow who no road. And yet sometimes the person who knows the road, you might even despise the person who knows the road. You might perhaps they are younger than you. Perhaps maybe you have a good home than death, and yet it seems that ah, their road is much more better than you. You find some way. One time I was speaking to some people, and these people were telling me that they envy my life. Oh. They want to be like me. <laughs> Uh, I was, it was funny because if I if I see these guys or these people, I also want to be like them. I wish I was in their situation. <laughs> because they made some statements that made me know that even the things that they, they envy me. And they make certain statements for me to also know that it is much more than envy. So I have separated myself from them. Unless it goes into something else. We chat, but I separate certain things. You may it may shock you to know the people who envy you. I'm talking about people who are next in line to kitchen, not in village in Accra. <laughs> so they have, you know, like they have, and yet they envy. It doesn't make sense. Yet that's what peer pressure can do. They have their own house and my rented apartment. Yet there is a level of pressure that they see on social media because of pictures. Because they, they see people call Papa. And yet, it is not in that case for them. And so that kind of pressure is hitting them. Oh my goodness. Anytime 
you allow peer pressure to enter into your heart. It will start with little jealousies. It is like this. Sometimes when you go for programs, when you go for events, and you see people who are more dressed than you are, it sometimes puts you in some corner. You, you feel some way. And you might even eventually sometimes even want to even despise some people. And because they are well dressed than you, you might even be saying negative things about them, which you're not even supposed to say, which is not necessary. Oh, come on. We've all felt one way or the other. When we go for a, 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 a program or something, and people are more, it's like they are more dressed than you, and you think they have overdressed. Because they are more dressed than you, you think they have overdressed. That is the pressure. You, you, you don't feel quite, shall I say, comfortable in that state. Because, you know, someone is more, you know, they think it's too serious, they think it's too personal. No. In that little state, you see peer pressure in there. And when you don't deal with it, it will end up killing you. Oh my goodness. I've seen people, you see, don't allow people, things, habits, take you to a place where God has taken you out of. Because I have seen people who pick things from somewhere and they become someone God has not made them to be. And they begin to talk like someone. Many men of God, they begin to talk like someone. They, they, not only men of God, but also you yourself. You begin to talk like someone. You begin to act like someone. They begin to walk like someone. They even begin to laugh like someone. It happens. I know naturally when you begin to associate yourself with someone for some time, you begin to pick certain traits from the people. But it could be good and it could be bad. But you need to manage that thing. Because the more you begin to be someone else, the more you waste who you are. Are you here? And many of us have wasted who we are by being someone else. Yes, there's sometimes when a man of God, the pastors here, preach and I see myself in them. They make certain guesses and oh, this one is me. But I always make sure I make them aware to be unique in their own sense. So because if they try to be me, they are wasting who God has made them. So they need to be themselves, even though they will pick certain things from the main man of God. I've seen people who want to be purely Oh. And they are wasting who God has really made them. Don't waste who God has made you. Anytime there is an association or a relationship, there is a transfer. When Cain and Abel began to associate themselves with God, there was a transfer. Scripture says, when Abel gave to God, God then made a transfer. Abel made the first transaction by giving to God. And God also retaliated the transaction by giving him righteousness. Anytime there is an association that was a giving, it could be finance, it could be emotional, it could be character, it could be any form. But there will always be a transaction. So as you are with me here, because we have an association, there is a transfer. There is a transfer. Either from me to you or from you to me. There is a transfer. There is a transfer from your mother to you and from you to your mother. There is a transfer from you to your friend and your friend to you. But this transfer can be bad or good depending on who is making that transfer and who is accepting. Anytime there is an association or a relationship, there is a transfer. It could either be good or bad depending on the person. 
probably other you might have realized sometimes you act like someone. You will do something, you remember that this one exists, this that it. That is a transfer. But all that state make sure that you are not being pressured to be like the person. Be you. I've seen people who are trying to do everything to make it. They are trying so much to do everything. But you see, that is the mistake. You don't need to do everything to make it. You just need to do that one thing God has asked you to do and you will succeed. Are you here? Don't try to do everything everyone is doing. Do that one thing. In the will of God and you will succeed. Let me sell a crown. Let me let me buy this and do this. Let me do exportation. Let me do the oh wait. This one is doing this one and it's working. So let me also try and do it. Maybe to work for me too. No. Do what God has asked you to do. It will work. We can be twins, okay, and maybe I have a twin brother. And if I have a twin brother, the fact that maybe I love a particular kind of ladies doesn't mean that my brother should equally have that kind of specs he also love. Because if he goes for that same spec, perhaps it's not work for him. Maybe it might work for me, but it might not work for him. Maybe it might work for him, it might not work for me. So we can have two different specs. Yet we are twins. All I'm trying to say, don't be pressured to pick someone because of something that maybe someone has. Maybe you want to also prove to people that Charlie. My boy gave my girl name. You know the pressure now in the generation where most guys now also want degrees and like girls also want degrees. <laughs> and now the pressure in town for most ladies is the fact that you're pair. I'm bitter. Yeah, they pair town, you know. We're pursuing this thing, you know. Maybe No, 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 no. Now they won't have been allowed. You know that kind of stuff? That is the pressure in the generation. On most women. Most women who are even doing the baby, they may or when they have been at the problem, they can change their mind anytime. <laughs> you have no idea. The ladies will tell you. They'll tell you how they think sometimes. But it is the pressure of the generation, and we must learn how to liberate ourselves from such pressure. We must learn how to liberate ourselves from such pressure. Tell someone, learn, yourself, learn to liberate yourself from such pressure. Then again, if you read the book of Kings, the Bible talks about the man named Elisha and his spiritual father named Elijah. Scripture says there was a time where Elijah was supposed to be taken away by the chariot of fire to a different town on earth. If you read my book on God's priorities, you realize that um, scripture talks about the fact that Elijah was not taken to heaven, but he was taken to a different town. Okay. Many people feel that the chariot of fire took Elijah to heaven and it wasn't so. Okay. Now, when it was time for Elijah to be taken away, he passed through certain towns. And whilst going to the towns, he told Elisha to stay. Elisha says, Now, your God will be my God. Just like Ruth was also doing. He told oh, Elisha, stay, let me go. He says, now, nah, I will go with you. He followed. Elisha said, Elisha ministered to his father. To minister to him means he was cleaning his shoes, he was washing for him, he was making sure everything is in place. He 
listen to his father, his spiritual father. When he, when he finished eating, he washes his hands for him. He was ministering. He was a servant to his spiritual father. It wasn't the wife of Elijah that was doing that. It was a servant Elijah. Simply for that which he carried. Now on the path, when Elijah parted the Jordan River, Scripture says that the son of the sons of the prophets who were equally the sons of Elijah, they were the same as Elijah. But scripture says the sons of the prophet told Elijah, Don't you know that your master will be taken away from you? And Elijah exclaimed that he equally is aware. So they, what they are trying to do is that they are trying to pressure Elijah to go and ah, this man is about to go. Why are you still following him? Why are you still with him? Like, leave him, come on, Charlie, let's live our life. We now we can prophesy. Now we can do some things. They were called sons of the prophet. They can equally prophesy. They can do what the prophet does. So they found that we don't need our man of God anymore. Charlie, you know, we did, we did, we did. But Elijah said, now nah, I must still follow. He followed. And when he followed, Scripture said he received a double of the Father's Spirit. And good news is that when he was coming back, also he met this Jordan River again, and he parted it the same way his father parted it, and he crossed through. Now, after crossing through it, you realize that the sons of the prophets who were now telling Elijah that, "Tell the man, don't you know he's going to be, he's going to be taken?" were the same people who now were following him, Elijah. These people were full of pride that they know. They have come of age. They don't need to follow the man everywhere he goes anymore. They can be in their pocket. Let the man do, do whatever he wants to do. They don't follow anymore. And one decided to follow. After following, he received something greater than them. And when he received it, he came to them. The same people who were prideful, when they were full of pride, when they saw Elisha coming up passing the sea, they now went to Elisha and began following Elisha. The good thing is again is that as much as they were pressuring Elisha to follow them, Elisha did not follow. Because their words could have killed the spirit of Elisha and made Elisha follow them. And Elisha would have missed a double of that which his father carried. The people who were once prideful now became humble to follow their own peer. They were once prideful that they wanted their peer Elisha to come and follow them and be in the same group. But Elisha did not allow himself to go into that group. The next moment is that now, when he didn't go into that group, that group came into his group. They began to follow him, now he became his father. One time he was their peer, the other time he became their father. What am I saying? The reward of following is in its consistency and how you see. The consistency of your sight. Elijah would have equally seen as they want him to see. And he would have departed from Elijah and not received a double portion of what his father carried. But he refused to see that again. He saw beyond what they were saying. For you not to equally be pressured, you must see differently. You must see differently. Because if everyone is making it true, let's say real estate. That you also need to enter real estate. Are you here? Doesn't mean so. You must see different. I am different. This is my path, and I must follow. The reward comes in its consistency. Sometimes, whatever you are doing, 
might not be profitable to some extent at this level. But if you are consistent in it, it will build a lot of profits. It will build a lot of profits. But when you follow peers, this one is not working. Let me go and start this one. This one is not working. No, no, no. You must be consistent in what God has asked you to do. Even peers can even make you break up with someone else who goes to break up with. Peers can make you divorce someone else who goes to divorce. Peers can make you go and enter into a relationship with someone else who goes to enter into a relationship with. Or is it happens? Maybe because I'm a guy, I know this. Mostly with guys. Guys, boys can gather and be talking. Like, oh, 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 oh. But you don't have the confidence to go and talk to the person. You don't feel like. But the guys can push you. Like, go, 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 go. And you go and enter a relationship, you never get your baby entry. You be talk, boy, you be talk, boy, you don't be talk, you don't be talk. Go, 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 it can be positive or it can be negative. It depends on how you allow it to go, how far you allow it to go. On the other hand, you have been pressured by someone. Yeah, you've been pressured by some people. When you see how some people are making it, you might have been pressured. But you need to learn how to manage that activity or that cravings. I remember those days when uh, my people were entering into the SHS, my, my class of people were entering SHS and I wasn't going by then, I was at home for a term and I was I had to go to school and these people were going to the boarding house and when I see them holding their uh, the chair box and some of them to Ghana must go and when I see them move I see them speak there was some level of pressure I wanted to do something to get money quickly and go to school That kind of feeling, I was pressured. I don't want to worry about you, you have been pressured by something. Something that someone has done. Just go to school. There's sometimes coming to this school because I schooled here at SS and I wear a different jacket on my shirt. Because our uniform is just like pre-sex uniform. So I wear a jacket and people in my area there felt like I was attending pre-sex. Because the notion is that if you attend a private SHS school, you did not pass. There's some family staff that brought us here, but it doesn't matter. But I didn't want that much that people think that I didn't make about that. I'm going to private school anyway. You know, <laughs> so I can't, I, you know there was a verse that you wear this. Verse that came at a particular point. It has a V-neck and it has this verse you can wear. Oh, I was wearing it a lot. It covers the back. When you see me, think I protect that. Yeah, you Baptist. And good news is that Pesek is at the God and this place of Medina. So the same car. You see me come like this every time. So you would still believe I'm going to present. Why? Because I was pressured by my friends who were going to push schools. I couldn't even disclose to them that I even investing, when we investing, when they are doing uh, how do you call it? Rep your school. And it is time to rep my school. I don't go to class. My friends are wearing their school uniform. They will ask when they attend school. I can't say. Oh yeah, the Casso my, myself, the Casso and the Fila, we don't disclose. When the Casso was telling people he went to school, he went to Achimota. He went to Achimota, he was a school prefect. But he tell him he went to Achimota. Even now today, people think the Casso went to Achimota. He will tell you. We all have schools we went to, we said, we said. Yeah, we, 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 never, we were never able to disclose. So when people say, I came here, ah, they are shocked now. Ah, we thought he went here, and then he talked. <laughs> but it was a pressure of, 
the school. Which school did you go? Some of them, some of you, you can't even mention your SHS school's name. You can't mention it. Because why? There is still, even though you are out of SS, you are still pressured by this science and mind space. Your school will be inside. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know that kind of pressure? I'm saying this as the basis, but there are different pressures that we all go through in our various lives. There are various pressures we go through. Hey, this is at this age and they are married. They are at this age. Hey, and they have done this. Hey, they've gotten this at this age. How about me? Look at my life. I'm, I'm getting to this age, you need that man. You need to calculate. Everyone around me has a car. Hey, you need to work every day, Uber, every day, taxi. You begin to try to okay. I have to even count the loads with my people. See, you begin to think. You begin to think. And then it begins to hit you. And you put upon yourself unnecessary pressure. Unnecessary pressure. Unnecessary pressure. We give ourselves unnecessary pressure. All in the name of resolution. All in the name of somebody speaking me that name. All in the name of I need to be here at this age. Some of the pressures are good, but some are unnecessary. Some are simply unnecessary. But the book of Ruth chapter 1, the verse 1. Quickly. Ruth chapter 1, verse 1. Chapter 1, the verse 1. Yes, please. In the days of the Jabez group. Okay. There was a famine in the land. So there was a famine in the land of Bethlehem of Judah. Of of Judah went to in the country of Moab. Okay. He, his wife, and the and two, sons. two sons. Now the thing is that, listen carefully. This man, his wife, and the two sons were in Bethlehem of Judah. There was famine in Bethlehem of Judah. And yet this man, instead of facing being in the town and facing the famine in the town, he took his wife and the two sons out of the famine to Moab because in Moab there was no problem but in Bethlehem there was a problem the issue here is this it is not every problem you need to fight it is not everything you need to confront it's not everything you need to say there are some things you just simply need to work out of most of us think when we are faced with battles we need to fight them it is not every battle you should fight some things are unnecessary. You just need to just come out of it. And then you are done. It, 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 it solves the problem. It solves the pain. It solves the sorrow. Just come out. Oh. I know I'm supposed to encourage you to fight and cross the mountain and cross the hurdles. There are some hurdles you don't need to cross. It's like you are, you are in an athletic race, all right? There the, 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 the are different types where there is one where there are hurdles where when you run you cross where is one and there is one where you can just run straight. Why do you want to be jumping over the other one when you can just move the straight one? Because that one says when you are jumping you may fall, you may break, you may have many injuries. But this other one is a smooth road. Sometimes you just have to just escape certain things. I'm saying things because I'm saying this because you personally have to come out of your parents' marital liberties. 
make sure that you separate yourself from the negativity of your parents' marital issues. If you don't do that, you will end up finding yourself playing that same role in your marriage. Are you here? There are some battles which your parents you don't need to involve yourself in. When you see your father or mother fight, don't involve yourself in it. There is a higher possibility that you will become like that in marriage. I know some of you want to be able to talk to your parents and solve your parents' issues. But it is best to leave it to someone higher than them, than you. There is a role you can play. But if you don't play that role well, you will end up having that level of influence from your parents come into your marriage. Learn how to separate yourself from your parents' marital negatives. Separate yourself also. Don't fight certain people. Separate yourself from people who always talk negative about your spouse. Who always talk negative about people. When they meet you, they don't seem to say anything positive about someone. They are always saying something negative. If someone can talk to you negatively about their spouse, they can talk to others negatively about you. If someone can talk negatively, not even about spouse, but about others to you, it's just a matter of time that they also take your matter away. Because we have best friends and we have best friends. I've got in my life, I think I've got about three people my best friend before. And these best friends also have me as a best friend, and they have others they also call best friend. You understand what I'm trying to say here? <laughs> Your best friend could be best friend you share a lot with. But this same best friend we have another person. And even nowadays, best friends have become sisters. So you be, have to be very careful of the kind of information you share and the kind of pressure that comes from your best friend. As much as sometimes because some people are our best friends, sometimes we feel pressured about them. Or they have felt a level of pressure about us before. The fact that you need to utter it doesn't mean it doesn't take place. Are you here? It's not everything I think about that I think you know. As a best friend. Learn to separate yourself from certain fights. Don't enter into every fight. The fact that maybe Pastor Divine and I are fighting doesn't mean you should come and enter and come and take sides. Some fights separate yourself from it. Do you understand? Does someone separate yourself from some fights? Separate yourself from fights. Sometimes it will even do you good. It will do you good. For you not to even know nothing about the fight. Oh, what are you going to? How is it? I hear you this person have an issue. What's the problem? Sometimes it is good to separate yourself from the fight. Else you become the third party. There are sometimes where some people will be fighting and when you are trying to bring the issue together or solve the issue, whatever it is, when these people begin to come together and they hold you, 
when it's your boyfriend, you are sitting at home, you leave. No, the pressure hits you. Sometimes you just want to have someone to call my own. That thing that you can also post someone. That is all you want. That pressure. And so you end up meeting someone whom you're not supposed to meet. Simple, simply because of Valentine's Day. Problem. There are many people that have gotten, gotten, go, they've gone out with people on Valentine's Day that are supposed to go out with. Why? Pressure. What is Valentine's Day at all? All my friends are dating, this left with me. Pressure no. Pressure no. Serious. Don't, don't, don't push yourself into certain businesses, certain relationships, certain marriages, simply because of pressure. Else that same pressure will bring you out. Are we here? If we allow ourselves to be pressured into things, that same thing we have entered because of pressure, we will come out of it through that same pressure. Let no one pressure you. Let no friend pressure you. Let no man pressure you. Let no woman pressure you. Work according to the pace of God. Don't be faster than God. Don't be slower than God. Just be in the pace of God. Then you can attest of accurate victory. The book of Proverbs 11. Verse 29. I think I'll do this one. He says, Evil troubles his own house shall inherit the wind, and the foolish shall be servants to the wise of heart. He who troubles his own house 